You're listening to the Co-Creator Network. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Good afternoon. Welcome to Why Shamanism Now, a practical path to authenticity with your host, Christina Pratt. Director of the Last Mask Center for Shamanic Healing. She's talking about how shamanic skills can bring us to physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being, especially when nothing else can. Now, here's your host, Christina Pratt. Welcome, everyone, to Why Shamanism Now. This is your host, Christina Pratt, and I would like to call in the spirits to be with us here today. So I call out first... To the ancestors and ask them to gather around us here today. I call out to yours and to mine. I call out to all of those ancestral helping spirits who lived well and died well. And in this way bring all that is good and true and beautiful in our ancestral lines to us in this time for the living. I call out to these ancestors in particular who understood the true power of action how to act in the world in such a way that would be good for the next seven generations. And I ask these ancestors, yours and mine, to gather around us in this day to help us, to help us, the living, to learn from those who have gone before us and to do what we have truly been called by this time to do. So with the ancestors gathered around in great, great gratitude, I reach down from the head to the heart, and the heart to the belly, and the belly into the earth, reaching down into the earth to give thanks for life, to give thanks for this day, to give thanks for the wonder and the miracle of life. We give thanks to the earth for all that has been that has brought us to this moment, for all that is and all that will be. We give thanks to the earth for the beauty that abounds. And for this opportunity to live our life in this world that is held within the great mystery. So we give thanks to the earth and we reach down. Reaching with our heart and our energy all the way down into the very center of the earth. And we draw this energy up. Up from the center of the earth into our bodies, into our bellies bringing into our bodies all the wisdom of manifestation and how to be here in form um, in a good way for all living things. And with this energy, we cultivate within ourselves the power of grounding, the power of hearth and home, that home that goes with you no matter where you are. We call out uh, to the earth and to ask it to help us to use this energy to cultivate in a way that creates uh, abundance and longevity and diversity. We call out to the energy of the earth to help us to feel our connection with all things, our interconnection with things, and ultimately our oneness with all things. And from that oneness, I invite each of you to feel your place, your right relationship with yourself. And from that, your right relationship with others, From that, your right relationship with the environment and the spirit world. And for this sense of place in our lives, this sense of place in the great all that is, and this sense of place that gives us somewhere to stand and helps our heart to help us know what we stand for, we give thanks to the energy of the earth. And we draw that energy up from our bellies to our hearts and our hearts to our minds, and we rise up out of the top of our heads, out through the weather, that the sky holds out through the atmosphere and all the way out into the cosmos. And we reach out through the cosmos to the highest power of the universe. And by whatever name you name that power, I don't really care. Name it anyway. Name it. See yourself reflected in it and it reflected in in you. Know yourself in your oneness with the divine and draw this energy down. And with the act of power in your heart, call out into this day for protection for blessing, for generosity and devotion and draw these energies down, bringing in all the wisdom of the cosmos into yourself, into this day, into our proceedings. And in this way, we bring in the energy from above into our mind and our heart and our belly. And we invite these energies to dance and merge and mix within us. 
And in this way, we feel the greeting of heaven and earth, the energy of the big love, this great legendary uh, pairing that, that give us all life that we experience in form. So we give thanks to the energies, these energies, and we ask them to help us to awaken the heart, awaken the space of the heart within us into the space of the big love. And we ask the heart to be the powerful crucible that it is. We ask it to draw up the passionate energies um, of the belly up into the heart and draw down the cool crystal clarity of the mind. We ask these energies to come together in the heart in this dynamic dance that destroys neither but gives birth to a third energy and that is the knowing of your soul's true purpose. You may not know the whole thing. You may not understand the business plan. You may not even exactly understand what it looks like in form. But we ask the heart to give us the feeling, the felt sense, the knowing of the the deep and true reason that we are here. And we ask in the heart to find the courage to begin to act on that motivation, to be able to act on that gift and bring it into the world in some way, large or small, in this day. So we give thanks to the energy of the spirits all around us. We give thanks to the spirits of the land on which you stand, great and small. We give thanks to your helping spirits and the ancestors that encircle us. I'd also like to give thanks to Tracy, Deb, Eduardo, and all of the listeners who have been able to donate financially to the show. The donations so far this year have been humble, but they are... um I'm deeply grateful for all of them. It is through these financial contributions that I am able to pay the bills that keep the show live and on the air and the archives available for free to anyone who is able to access them through the internet. At this time, the whyshamanismnow.com site has um, four years of archives. That's um, over 200 shows. And counting as we move into the fifth year of the show. And so I give thanks to you, those of you that have made it possible for me to actually continue and to to, um, pay the money that it takes to actually keep the show live and available to you all. And with that said, I also want to give thanks to those of you that send me questions, those of you that respond to the shows, those of you that take the messages of the shows or the questions of the shows into action in your life and do things with them. Those who who take on the challenges that I offer in some shows and begin to integrate these teachings into your lives and let me know what happens because of it. Um, and I give thanks to those of you that give, send show ideas, um, those of you that link to the site in your own blogs and your own websites, all of the many things that you are doing, not only to help to keep the show um, on the air, but also to keep the show interesting and vital and meaningful to you. So I give thanks to all of you for all of this. I give thanks to Ken at um, cocreatornetwork.com and um to everyone who makes this actually work. Because today's show is about making things happen in the world. It's about the true power of action. And what does it take? What, what, what is a true yang expression in the world? Um, I know for me these days, I, wa- I, I love books and I love bookstores. I love hanging out in Powell's Bookstore, which is an entire block in the city of Portland that is a bookstore. Many floors, many rooms. It's fabulous. I love it. It's book heaven. And um, it is actually the place that old books go to die as well. So it is truly book heaven. Anyway, um, Powell's books, I love them. At the same time, when I walk into bookstores, I look around and I feel – Hmm. Do all of these books really need to be in print? And so this is what we're really looking at today is true yang energy. What is it that we are truly called to bring into form in the world? What are we creating with our actions? And how can we return to a deep understanding of true yang energy? So to be motivated in the heart buy one of these shows and to allow your heart motivation to move you to donate to the show, whether it's $5 or $50. In a sense, it doesn't matter because I assume for each of you that that amount is a sacrifice. The important thing is the action that you moved um, freely, clearly, smoothly from 
um, an impulse, a motivation in the heart into action in the world. And you did so in a way that would benefit and support and um, strengthen something in the world that you value. And, and this is what we need to understand about our actions. There, there are so many, um, frankly, somewhat pathetic contemporary sayings about death and taxes and our understanding about what work needs to be. I actually had someone tell me when I was um, dancing or trying to dance that I shouldn't expect to get paid for dancing because I liked it. And that the reason you got paid for work is because it was something you didn't like doing. That's <laughs> really pathetic. Anyway, so today we're talking about the true power of action. We are live and in person. If you would like to call in about today's topic, you can call in at 512-772-1938. You can Skype in from the co-creatornetwork.com site or email me at christina at um, lastmaskcenter.org. Okay. So... Back in December, the warrior told us that we had lost our understanding of the true power of action. So um, the warrior was saying that in our efforts to be human beings instead of human doings, um, that we lost the sense of power that comes from right action and our expression of our own excellence. Um, I also acknowledge that all of this comes from both the old story of the people so that was part of the old story. But it also comes from our new age reaction to the old story. Um, and that we need to recover from the stagnation of either. Um, and to do that, we need to ask the question, how will we write a truly new story for the people, for the new world? And so we've been exploring this. It's now March, and we've been exploring this for a couple months. But in, G- in the January shows, I strongly suggested that we must cultivate new allies if we are to have a new journey. As I brought up many times on this show, the problem that I had with the sort of Mayan, Central American, South American, um, uh, end of the old world, beginning of the new world um, hype was this idea that the, that the old world was going to end, the new one was going to begin, and it was going to be sort of like a reset, like a do-over. And, and that somehow our actions, our choices weren't going to matter. And what I like about the stories from North America, um, particularly because of the strong presence of trickster in these stories, the same is also true in African stories, by the way. But anyway, particularly in North America, in those stories that talk about that transition from an old world to a new world, there's always this warning, this caution about the people, right? The people that bring into the new world the unresolved issues of the old. And so this is what I have been talking about and most likely we'll talk about all year is how do we, the people, those who have chosen to be alive at this time, who are shaping the story, the new story with our actions. Again, it's, it's not like we're, we're not doing it. We are doing it. We're doing it every day right now with our actions, writing the new story. And so the question is, how do we write a truly new story? What do we need to do so that the outcome of the story is different than the one we've all been pre-programmed by our life experience in the old story to continue to propagate? So this, is, this was my question in January is how do we write a new story for the people? And so throughout January, we talked about the need to cultivate new traveling companions, including yourself. You know, if we are going to each be part of writing a new story, we need to be new people. So my suggestion was that if we were to truly cultivate the four new allies of the unknown, the wild heart, the Tao or complementary dualism, and the darkness as allies, then we would ourselves be changed by that. And we would be changed in ways that were necessary to experience a new journey and in that then to participate in crafting a new story. Uh, with our new allies. So if we are to craft a truly new story in our time for the new world, we must have the courage uh, to be not only the dreamers we were born to be, but we must also be the fire and the water in equal respect and regard. So this week we're talking about the fire 
what does true yang energy look like? So there's a lot of um, really beautiful messages from indi- different indigenous teachers and leaders out there in the internet, um, et cetera, Facebook, whatever. And, and they're talking about the Western world and particularly America as being excess fire um, or excess yang. And that's where I take exception. Elementally, our, the American culture is excess fire, granted. But we are not excess – we are not too young is what I'm trying to say today. We are not actually young. We are excess young. We are deficient young. We are stagnant young. We are false young. We are a very, very false young culture. But the actual expressions of true young are rare in our culture. They are not supported by the old story. And so this is what I want to talk about this week and next week about true yin is to help us begin to understand what does true yang look like and feel like in my little human life when I'm doing it or not doing it. Because if, if, if we can't bring these terms, these understanding, these ideas down into the place in which we're taking action, then these ideas aren't informing the true power of our action. See, that's my theory anyway. So this week we're talking about the true power of action and in particular, what does a true yang expression feel like? Because yang energy is expression. It, it, it is that action, that movement, that rising of the the infinite potential of the yin energy rising out into something into the expression that becomes a thing in the world and so the important thing to realize is much of the excesses and the falseness of the old story and much of what we created with the old story instead of being villainized or considered to be um toxic and evil i mean they are pretty toxic but in other words instead of being thought of as things that they that need to be um eradicated understand them as energies pools of energy resources of energy that need to be transformed deep deep pools of energy that simply need to be transformed some of them simply need to be reminded of what they really are in their true form and others will need to be transformed But we need to step out of the battle. We need to step out of the fight and the idea of eradication and step into this awareness of energy and the energetics of complementary dualism and become skillful in our ability to transform energies in the old world whose usefulness have been outmoded by our growth and learn how to transform these energies into something that supports the new story and the new world, um, and in particular, the new song that the earth is singing, so that we can align with the earth and create a new story that is sustainable, that is good for all living things, that is not really based on fear, the lie of separation, and, and frankly, a death wish. Okay, so the old world sang a song of fire, and it told a story that said, reach for the light and fear the dark. Trust only what you know and reject entirely the not yet known, and most of all, keep moving, for in the stillness you will meet things you are not equipped to deal with. So this was a song of fear born out of false fire, born out of excessive fire. The story tells of um, trusting that envy and greed are the motivations for all actions. It tells the story of arrogance and resentment in our relations with the other. And it tells of obsession and boredom as a far better path than to risk diving into the unconscious mystery of the self. And it reveres ambition and aggression over all other uh, courses of action. So it is the story of this true young energy lost in excess falseness, stagnation, and deficiency because Grandfather Fire is revered alone by the people and is thus made strong by the belief of the people and because the people do not uh, believe in Grandmother Water, Grandmother Fire is alone without the love of his life. 
And in this way, grandfather fire teeters into excess and falseness. So what does true yang look like then for humans? What are, what are we to do? How are we to do this differently? And, you know, because yin and yang energies are actually really big cosmic energies. And they are experienced by everything in form and without form, animal, vegetable, mineral. They are really big energies. And I studied Qigong not just for a long time, but literally for decades. And I would practice and I would drop the practice and I would learn a new practice and I would practice for years and drop it because I could never crack the code. I could never get um, what the yin-yang stuff was to humans. I couldn't get what it felt like apart from just feeling the flow of the chi or not flow. I I, I could never understand it. And I, given my science brain, I just didn't find the poetry of the Tao particularly helpful. And... And nor the writings of most of the men that had written about it. I just, I couldn't find the way in. And so, the, and the problem with that is if we're going to write the news story with our actions, then we need to talk about what the actions of true yin and the actions of true yang act, feel like for us as humans. Or, or we're just going to repeat the old stuff out of not even knowing um, what else could be done. So, first off, true young energies. So, they are the energies that I call in from above when I call in the spirits for each show. So, you could begin there. So, true young energies, the, the innate energy of true young is blessing. It is protection. It is generosity and benevolence. These are all true yang energies. And this is what we draw in from fire, from air, from sky, from the above realm. So as we continue today and next week, you have to remember that yang does not equal masculine. Yin does not equal feminine. This idea has been extended into our reality by countless healers, teachers, therapists, life coaches, shamanic practitioners who really do not understand yin and yang energies. And believe me, I understand the struggle to try to understand them. But it it doesn't work to just say, well, yang's masculine and yin is feminine. That's not correct. You will dead end if you go that route. Regardless of how special and important and how many books have been written by the person that told you to do that. It's not the path. All men and all masculine energy is composed of yin and yang energy expressions. And that they're flowing all the time. And the same is true for all women and all feminine energy. It is composed of yin and yang energy expressions that are moving and flowing at all times. And so we really want to just... Think about, apart from masculine and feminine, apart from men and women, how does yang energy feel in a human? How does yin energy feel in a human? Okay, so we're talking about these true yang qualities. Okay, so our first sense is the feeling of blessing, particularly giving a blessing. Protection. So when you journey to your protector helping spirit ask it to turn into energy ask it to merge with your energy body and come back into your life asking that helping spirit to protect you that is an act of true yang it's not just the act of protection itself but it's also the act of doing what you need to do to be protected So true yang is generosity, benevolence. I love that word, beneficence, one of my favorite words. Beneficence, I love this word. It's an old-fashioned, it's an old-fashioned word. It comes from a time when sharing your excess, your abundance was 
uh, considered normal. So if you had abundant pear trees like we did this year and you actually had enough sense to preserve them, you would share those preserves with your neighbors just because you had so much. It comes, you know, beneficence. It comes from a time when people raised barns together and when you people gave just because you can in that moment and the giving is needed. Um, I actually saw a little Facebook share yesterday about a young man who helps change the tire for a supposed uh, Muslim man who was really an actor. And they asked him why. And he said, well, because it's what, what he believes in. It's what you're supposed to do. It's how to be in the world. And beneficence comes from this old set of values, older than the old story, right? And it is in very short supply, in our old world, the world of greed and caring only for your own or even worse, only for yourself. Beneficence is the beneficial nature of effect that we have on something, usually through generosity or the impartial love of other people. So it's about the, the big love, not about selfish love, small love, national love. But the big love, just loving life, loving people and being generous and benefiting the world through that generosity. Not doing it because you need to, but doing it because you can. So that's one part of true yang energy. True yang energy in humans is also playfulness and joy. There is a great deal of true young expression coming out of children when they're left to their own devices, boys and girls, that the play, the, the constant imagination and creativity of a, of, a, of a day of play and the joy that comes with, ah, okay, broken arms, scraped knees, that happens too. But that, that robust energy in play and the imagination and the creativity, that's true young. So... What is happening for our children if they're not free to play and instead they're watching videos or playing video games all the time? Not that those things in and of themselves are bad, but if children aren't being encouraged to do anything, it's very passive. If they're not being encouraged to to run with their imagination and to play and to feel joyful – Because of the spontaneity and the surprise of what happens, the exploration and the discovery. If children aren't free to do that in childhood when it's natural, when it's kind of the like only thing to do, what are they going to do later as adults when they desperately need to find this if they're ever going to find their soul's purpose? So be very careful, parents out there. I know parenting right now is a huge challenge. I get it. And at the same time, your children must play. Play in a way that allows for spontaneity and surprises and the joys and, yes, okay, the broken arms and the poison oak and the busted bike tire. That, that these things are important if a child is going to learn what it feels like to express their own true young energy. That is natural and innate in childhood. And, and, and thus an aspect of us as adults, because it is an energy that comes out of the healthy child archetype, playfulness, joyfulness, spontaneity. Uh, so this, this true young energy is about taking, uh, is in taking the simple pleasures of the day in, about being vulnerable enough to let the sweetness of that crocus touch you with its courage. And that first little crocus that's coming out of the ground here in the northern hemisphere right now. And to exult in the movement of spring all around you. Again, if you're up here in the northern hemisphere. It's the playful energy that feels the thrust and the encouragement and the um, innate comedy of life. And playful energy recoils, actually, from the mean-spirited humor that is so common, for example, in late-night television. Um, In every moment, there is this possibility of play and joy and silliness. And this is also true young energy. So journey to a trusted helping spirit and ask where you last left your playful self. And is it there playing now without you? Journey to your helping spirits and recover your own playful self. 
You could also journey to ask, when did you stop feeling joy? Just just the regular every joy, everyday joy that's present in any day. When did you stop feeling it? Go back to that time in your life and recover the aspect of yourself that has the capacity for joy. So one of the most direct expressions of true young energy in humans is creativity and expression. So giving birth, a fundamentally female thing to do, is an expression of true young. Tears, yes. Those things that naturally come from your eyes when you are strongly moved in life, those things that we do not allow men to share, yes. Those tears are true young. The expression of your voice, your heart, your gifts in the day, true yang. So really the essence of true yang energy is expression and creativity. So in other words, let's imagine that you are a young person and you have the dream of building a particular building and you see that building made manifest and you realize that. And then 60 years later, all you've done with your entire life is build more buildings. You know, the second building doesn't matter. Neither does the third. Unless you're doing something truly innovative, like making an utterly self-sustaining energetically building or something like that. But the point is, after you've expressed some aspect of your own creative nature, doing it again is like rolling around in the grave. And that's a really important thing to understand about true young energy. It's, it's, it's the moment at which Eckhart Tolle gained my respect. Not that the work he did in the books, the initial books he wrote weren't brilliant, right, and powerful. But that he walked away. He took time in silence. He stopped repeating the same thing. Everyone wanted him to keep repeating because everybody was making money off it. He walked away because he's a true, true teacher and he understands what he's teaching. He's living it. He walked away to create something else because we have to be willing. If we understand true young energy is creative expression, we can't just do the same thing over and over and over again. So express yourself or to express yourself in this way is a relief from suffocation. It's a relief from stagnation. So that's what true young energy feels like. It's a a relief from stuckness. So the question to ask yourself is, what do you spend 40 or 50 hours a week doing? Expressing or suffocating? So as you take action in life, think of true young. When in true young, each action is going to cut away at the old reality. With each action, you are freeing yourself from the trap. The trap of what has been, even if what has been is your own successes. That for us to continue to manifest true young energy, we must continue to create. So another heads up for parents. And for anybody who votes on school budgets, true young energy not only requires that we allow our children or encourage in our children play and joy, unscripted, unpreprogrammed. To understand true young energy also requires creativity. It is absolutely important that we as human beings create. So children that can't sing should not be told to stop doing it because they'll never make any money at it or because they're tone deaf. Children that dance should never be told to stop dancing because they can't make a living dancing. Children that draw and create should never be told to go get a business degree because they can't make any money from their art. What children need to be told is create, keep creating, Whatever it is, just keep creating and don't worry about whether or not that's how you're going to make money in the world or not. Find some way to express your excellence in the world and understand that creating is just simply part of being alive. It's not about whether you're going to make money with it or not, but create 
Keep creating. Always have something that you do that allows you to create, to keep your creativity moving. And then express yourself in the world. You know, what the world does or doesn't want to pay for a drawing, no matter how good you are at drawing, may never allow you to feel the expression of your full excellence. Or to put it in context for myself, I loved dancing and I love dancing now. And even at the the peak of my ability to dance, I could not express my full excellence through that medium. I understand that now. I didn't understand it at the time very well, but I understand it now when I felt it at the time. Even in my best, well, there's a couple amazing performances, but even in my best performances, I knew there was still 25, maybe 30% of myself that wasn't getting tapped through dancing. Not because I wasn't dancing well enough or wasn't giving myself over to the choreography, but it just wasn't the right medium. And so this is what I'm trying to say about creative expression in your kids, is encourage them to keep doing the thing they love doing. And don't connect it to whether or not they're going to make money off it or whether or not it needs to be their profession. I needed a different profession, but I needed to also not be turned away from dancing because I really needed them both. And for me, the work I do now, I feel myself 100% expressed in it. It's a better vehicle for my soul's purpose, but I couldn't do what I'm doing without the creativity that comes into my life through dancing. I hope that makes sense. But the point is that creativity and expression and the full expression of your excellence is the very heart of true young energies. And as parents, we need to make sure that our children have the experiences in their childhood when it's natural of what it feels like to be in true young expression and then let it go. It's like teaching them to love the game and play the best that they can and to not really worry about whether they're winning or not because they want to find joy and self-expression in the playing of the game. So the other thing about true yang energy is that it is completion. So one of the really powerful manifestations of false yang, stagnant, deficient yang. The thing about being in excess, culturally we're in excess yang, it also puts us in a deficiency because there's no true yang. And where I see this most profoundly manifest in the American culture at least is at death, is in our inability to attend properly to completion of a life, to complete, in a sense, the end of a life. Because completion in and of itself, or to express fully without holding anything back, to, to, to give it everything so that it is done, is completion. There's also cleansing. So cleansing and completion are also part of true yang. It's the, it's the real art of releasing and letting go, of giving yourself over until you're done. Um, how much do you have left undone in your life at this moment? So if you imagined yourself at your tombstone and you imagined yourself listening as people talked about your life, If you were there at the moment of your burial or your cremation or whatever people are going to do with your body, what regrets would you have? What has been left undone? And how can you attend to your life now so that when your days are over, you feel a completion from your life, from your soul's purpose? And that there is in that a cleansing a shedding of the old and the extraneous and the unnecessary because you've refined yourself through your devotion to your path, to, to the ability to complete and to be cleansed and to be ready then to die. 
So a great teacher about the importance of completion, because culturally Americans, oh, we're horrible about this. But my teacher in this was an old boyfriend. And he was a really good guy, actually very supportive in many ways. I, I don't really have any criticism, actually, until the end. And we got to the place that is natural to get to in relationships where you realize that you're, you're sort of eddied out. You're in an equilibrium and you either need to choose to take another step, whatever that step might be, um, or not. But that you're both getting sort of bored with where things are and that things are not creatively expressing themselves. There's no sort of true yang happening. It's kind of starting to get stagnant and a little eddied out. And so we both realized this. And so we had a good talk one afternoon about this with our bellies full of breakfast and coffee. And we talked about this and we talked about, well, what do you want? You know, what do you, and, and based on what we wanted, which were not terribly different about what we wanted in relationship, what did we want to do given where we were in our life? And, um, what was surprising because both of us felt a little off together because of this sort of stagnant energy coming into the situation, we were really surprised once we started talking about how we were really still on the same page. We really both wanted the same thing or mostly the same thing out of relationship and we wanted it at that time in our life. And so it really became boiled down to a question of do we want to take the next step together? whatever that looks like. Not that we even really knew what it was, but it had to do with, I don't know, we'd figure it out if we both decided to do it, I guess. So the thing that was interesting that we both remarked on is how, how bad we'd both been feeling and the kind of the stories we've been creating in our minds and how that had all really been dispelled by simply communicating honestly and realizing we were both really still well-matched and very much in the same place and wanting very much the same thing. So this could have been either a really peaceful ending. We could have just decided that either one or both of us didn't want to take the next step, which would have been an ending. Or it could have been a new beginning if we both chose to take the next step. Um, and that all we really had to do was, was reflect within ourselves to what choice was right for us and then communicate it. And it would be really very easy to understand where things needed to go. And there was really no pressure either way. And then I never heard from him again. I still had a key to his apartment. I still had stuff at his apartment. Never heard a word from this man again. And that lack of completion, that, that agreement that we were waiting for an answer from each other. And when I came back from this trip, we were going to talk about it. And the fact that he never spoke to me again. Never responded to a text. Well, there weren't texts, but to emails, phone calls, just never responded again. That lack of completion felt brutal. It felt violent. Now, granted, at the same time, I would back up and go, it's just another guy. What's the big deal? But the truth is this, this peaceful path forward, one way or the other, was available to both of us. And he chose to not complete and that lack of completion felt violent. So in his non-action, he left the old reality hanging there. So there was no cleansing. There was no clearing. So I was left to free myself from this relationship as best I could with no communication. And I really felt like, you know, a parachuter who comes down bad and is all tangled in the ropes and the parachute itself, once the parachute is all deflated, and I felt like I was just trying to struggle out of this deflated, dead thing all by myself. And all the situation needed was a nice, clear sword stroke of truth. Life or death for the relationship, it didn't really matter at that point. It just needed that clarity. So the true yang energy is the sword stroke. It's the clarity. It's the truth. And it is the lack of that that is actually the violence. So true yang expressions in humans, um, true yang in its most beautiful is precision, is devotion, and is excellence in our expressions of ourselves. Now, that doesn't mean your best expression that's kind of wonky sideways and kind of messy, if that's the best you can do in the moment, that's true yang as well. 
But as we become spiritual adults, as we grow skillful in our lives, we can expect a little bit more out of ourselves. So the thing that's interesting is that these three aspects of true yang, precision, devotion, and excellence, in their false expression, describe the entirety of the old story in the Western world. Just these, these three simple, true, well, not simple, but these three true young expressions in their falseness describe it all. So precision, we'll take them one at a time. Precision in its false expression is aggression. And so we see this in ourselves. Let's not even get into the politics of this and the larger world expressions of aggression. Let's just look at it in ourselves. We see this when we hit the ground running in the morning. We attack the day. We do so many things at the same time and we attend truly with our undivided self to nothing. The precision, the focus, the intention needed to be given to the quality of energy of the situation, whatever the situation is, we don't do that without distraction into either detail or obsession. So, so we, in our own day, are aggressive in this attack of the day and this, this furious multitasking and, and being interconnected to everything in a superficial way. What we, what we want to look for in ourselves is the precision to connect in with our attention to the quality of energy going on in the moment without being distracted by anything else and to act and to move on. So then devotion. In its false expression, devotion is ambition. And ambition is what we do when we're trying to catch up with something that is really outside of our own true nature. In other words, devotion is what I bring to my own expression of my soul's purpose. Ambition is what I do when I decide my soul's purpose is something outside of what it really is. So I'm going to share something very Taoistic and interesting about this. When shamanism presented in my life and made itself painfully obvious, there was a moment that I remember thinking, I, I understood enough about shamanism to recognize it would require that I function in the unknown, I would never really be able to have a plan, etc., etc., etc. I had a long list. I looked at the whole list and I realized that if I chose that path, it would mean I would always be functioning in my weakness and would thus develop the weaknesses in my personality, in my character, in my being, in this life. And I thought, okay, then that's the right path. I didn't choose shamanism or accept the shamanism that had chosen me because I had any ambition to be a healer or a shaman or any of that. I had one devotion, and that was to doing what I had come to do in this life. And I understood that to be the expression of my soul. And it seemed to me that a path forward that would force me to develop all that was weak within myself would probably be the most direct path to the true expression of my soul. And so in that moment of paradoxical thinking, there is the non-ambitious thinking. Whereas ambition is the wanting of something that is outside of your true nature, to foregoing the devotion to you, what is true to you, what is the essence of who you are and how to bring that into the world, and foregoing that to reach for something that's utterly outside of what your real calling is. So it's a kind of lusting for something other than our authentic expression of our own gifts. And it exists outside of the devotion to our own purpose and to the path necessary to express our gifts in the world. So now, devotion isn't outwardly sexy. It's not at all. It's kind of a little church mousy, right? So devotion doesn't attract the eye. Devotion is inwardly sexy. It inspires the heart to share what it truly wants. 
So let's say you're struggling with knowing your soul's purpose or your heart's path, however you think about that. And this means that you're struggling to hear what the Ling spirit of your heart truly wants to share. So based on this information about true yang, what do you do? You devote yourself to something that matters to you. Truly, fully devote yourself to it. Court that thing. Devote yourself entirely to that thing. Show your heart through your devotion to whatever it is that matters to you, how inwardly sexy you are. And then after all of that, after all of that devotion, all of that commitment to that thing and all of the ways that has changed you, ask your heart what it truly wants and you may get an answer. Purely, not by asking and journeying again and again and again about what your heart path is. Give it a rest. Become a person your heart would easily give that information to. And we do that through devotion. So true yang is also excellence. And in, in its false expression, excellence becomes arrogance. And we can certainly see arrogance in its direct expression in all facets of the Western world, whether uh, it's because this is someone's strong feeling of pride or superiority or self-importance that gives them the permission to treat others with disregard, contempt, or entitlement. The entire uh, America, as we know it today, is, is founded on um, arrogance and entitlement. The old story encouraged this. But what's more interesting to me, because that is so obvious, uh, what's more interesting to me is the arrogance that arises from our over-identification with a role or a story. So it's the arrogance in the victim or the arrogance in that sensitive new age guy who attends workshops to get laid. Or my favorite, the arrogance of the light worker who refuses to look at his or own shadow issues because they are so light focused. So this is the arrogance that is close to hand. These small arrogances are the ones that we can transform. And if we begin to transform them and we believe in the excellence and draw our belief out of the arrogance, the entire field of arrogance grows weaker. The entire field of excellence grows stronger. So true yang feels like the sun suddenly piercing through the clouds on a cold gray day or the fresh air suddenly being let into a stuffy space. True yang can be a piercing, usually with the truth, to relieve the suffering and suffocation of an old story, whether that is your old story or the big old story of the people. So what journey questions could you ask to explore the health and well-being of your own true yang energies, your own devotion, your own excellence, and your own precision. We must be willing to discern the need to relieve the suffering of the old story, even when that stagnation and suffocation is the powers that be. We must be willing to discern accurately, clearly, and to act to understand the true power of our actions, to pierce what is with true love and true power and remind both the yin and yang energies of what they could be. So let's look at how these energies manifest in our lives. So haven't you ever had that feeling when you're in a journey circle and you listen to someone's amazing journey, but the whole time you're listening, you're thinking, but so what? So this is the emergence of false yang into our practices, the blah, 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 the drama, the grandiosity, the magnificence of ourselves. And behind it all, there's a voice in the head that says, so what? And especially listen to this voice. When the blah, blah, blah person is yourself and your inner voice is saying, yes, but so what? So let's look at how these energies manifest in the typical spiritual or shamanic practice that emerged with us from the old story of the people. Because most of us, old enough to listen to the show, were born and raised in the old story. So in shamanism, first we learned a journey, or at least in my opinion, we should all begin there. 
because we must repair the lie of separation and restore the truth that everyone has the capacity for direct relationship with spirit, a la Sandra Ingerman. We all have that capacity. So should, we should begin learning to journey. So we learn to journey. We go to spirit and we ask for answers to our questions, for healing and for guidance. And then most people are guided to journey to ask for more and to ask for more. And there are no instructions offered for the beginning to cultivate a relationship with your helping spirits that recognizes the reciprocal nature of things. This is our first aggression in our shamanic practice, our first turning away from precision. So now in the very beginning of learning to journey, don't panic. We are in effect children. The spirits know that and we can get away with this transgression for a bit. But what if we want to bring our actions into the true yang energy of precision? So these are the, this is the way that I teach journey and this can, this can help. And the reason I do it is because I want people in the very beginning to begin to tune into the precision of the relationship they are cultivating with their helping spirits. So the first question I encourage people to ask is, what are you here to teach me? Because it shows that you understand you are there as a student and they are the teacher. And then we usually do a question that really matters and we usually do a question for someone else just so people can feel the push of the need and the journey. But in the end of the class, the fourth journey is, how can I honor you in my life? And so I invite people to begin their relationship with spirit, understanding how to honor that spirit in their life. And I encourage them to ask this question periodically and to develop a fully embodied um, relationship, reciprocal relationship with their helping spirits. So precision emerges in the relationships that we cultivate with our helping spirits. It emerges in the quality of relationships we cultivate with our human teachers. And it emerges in the quality of relationships we teachers cultivate with our students. I see aggression in the ayahuasca I am entitled to enlightenment club. There is a little precision in the use of sacred plants these days, especially here in the U.S. They are treated like drugs, not as beings. And the mind-blowing experiences are expected without any precision, focus, or intention on the part of the human being. So bring your precision in through the cultivation of your relationships with each spirit or being you wish to ask for something from. You must focus to get what you are asking for. What skills must you cultivate? These are the aspects of precision that you must cultivate to be in a true yang expression, not aggression with your helping spirits. As we've already discussed, spiritual ambition is huge in America, and I've spoken about it many times and likely will speak about it many times more. But in the context of today, my favorite and most blatant false young expression in shamanism is the student who studies with everyone, checking names off the list, dropping names to bolster their false self of sense of accomplishment, and never moving into true devotion into any of these practices not even the devotion to his or her own soul's purpose. So I also see it in students who jump to the next teacher when their devotion to the first teacher has brought them to the doorstep of that inner door they must knock on, knock, 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 is the shadow home, but rather than devote oneself to that path, to wholeness, they jump to the next teacher or the next trainee. And then in the absence of the heart's message of why you are here, because you've avoided the shadow door and the true young devotion there and the true young devotion to the heart voice, people start to train to become shamanic healers by their own choice, not by calling because their heart is silent because they have not been willing to open the door their very practice brought them to. So the remedy here is to vote yourself to the highest truth in the answer to the question, why am I here? And to cultivate the ways that we make that voice stronger within ourselves. And so detox your body. Determine your food sensitivities and eat only that which nourishes you. This is the beginning of doing the things that cultivate that voice within you. Honor the vulnerable steps to know yourself, to greet your shadow. And to integrate your soul parts, to acknowledge that you have been lost in the old story. Honor 
those vulnerable steps. Notice the sigh in the body as you move away from your soul's longing in your actions. And notice the quickening or the passion in your body as you move toward it. Take note. Keep a journal. Do not let the difficulty of aligning yourself with the true young expression in life dissuade you from the path you know you must walk. You need arrows. You need love. You need help. Receive it. Trust the small things. Cultivate a sense of the sacred in daily life and build the path to your destiny with these small things. And to truly cultivate this true yang in your life, cultivate wakefulness. Pay attention. Notice. Notice within yourself. Do not go to sleep in the old story. We are all here at this time because we are the writers of the story that will shape the new world. I give thanks to the ancestors for gathering around us here today. I give thanks to the earth below and the sky above and the heart that unites us all. Next week, we'll talk about true yin energies, what they feel like and how we live them in our lives today so that we can be better able to shape the new story. Thank you, everyone, for being with me here to hear Have a great week and find something somewhere in some day that allows you to express your own true yang energies.